With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something. Something. Bravo. With Lord Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com. You are listening to Something Something Broncos. I am Jess Place, joined by Lori Lattimore-Volkman and Tim Lynch. Uh, today we are brought to you by... We are brought to you by... <laughs> we don't have a sponsor because the Broncos are 0-4 and no one wants to sponsor a show about a team that has no wins this far into the season. <laughs> so, there you go. Until we win, no more sponsors. You hear that, Broncos? That's the best one yet. I don't know. Last week's was so awesome. <laughs> the world of suck? Really yes. yes. Well, if we were in the world of suck last week, where are we now? Let's look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and, and how they uh, came back to beat the Broncos in a very winnable game that Denver should have had. I mean, they're roughing the passer call. It's, it's, all, it's all that. As bad as the Broncos played, they were winning. Now, and then another bullshit call in the final minute of the game ruined it. I mean, that's what I focused on after the game, and everybody's like, oh, they played like crap, they deserve to lose. I'm like, yeah, but they weren't losing before that call happened. So It was 32 minutes of terrible football, and then 28 minutes of great football. Yeah, but the team has been getting better slowly. I don't feel like we regressed in the fourth game. We only they lost by two this week. No, we our offense was better. 
still reeling from the INT and just kind of not in sync and they came out slow. And yeah, that was highly unfortunate. And part of it too was the Jaguars get on the field and they're out there for 11 minutes of football, which is like a half an hour of a game. And I think the guys didn't have that opportunity to kind of pull together from halftime to get ready for the second half and they get out there and then they sit and then they get out and they start slow and have a three and out. Meanwhile, Jacksonville gets all the momentum with a long drive and a score and then an 81-yard run that led to a quick score. So they came out flat, but they did pull it together and clutch play kind of like at Green Bay with only, what, two and a half minutes or something to go in the game where they have to score in order to even have a chance. They do it. That was something we did not see last year. We did not see a team that, where the offense could drive. And we didn't see it the first game, the first couple games, where they could drive into the red zone and score a touchdown. So there was quite a bit of improvement. And then the defense let us down after having a really good first half. Like it, It's not that they're terrible, or I don't even think it's that they're worse than they were last year, or that they're worse than they were last game. They just didn't do enough. And it's really unfortunate because it was a super good opportunity to win. The margin for error on defense, especially at the inside linebacker position, is razor thin. I don't consider Josie Jewell to to be a long-term answer and starter. But when he's not in the game and or Todd Davis isn't in the game, it's a leaky sieve in the middle of that defense when when it comes to stopping the run. I mean, we're talking, we got to go back to 2007, 2008 to see a defense as porous as that one is right now and they have great players on the edge they have great players in defense in the back end it's just it doesn't matter you had champ we had champ bailey in 2007 2008 it's not if you can't lock down the middle of that defense teams are just going to exploit it game after game i mean we're, we're looking at some very tough games ahead of us if they can't figure out how to scheme those deficiencies out of the defense and that's that's a tough job the talent level just isn't there and that's you know that's more indicative of whoever's building the roster than it is on coaching but it's also on coaching the broncos had 15 missed tackles in that game 14 of them in the second half so it's just bad all around that second half was and it was soul crushing for for most broncos fans i don't know about you but that that was like that that's when i realized this season's going to be long and hard well i don't like any of it i don't like i don't like how we played in the second half i don't like that we couldn't tackle i don't like leonard fournette getting 225 yards most of those yards after initial contact i don't like that bradley chubb got injured don't like the broncos right now they're really upsetting me on a week-to-week basis like it's really like i mean this is this is tough like at least in uh, 1999, after Elway retired, we knew it was going to be painful. Like it, it was like you just won back-to-back Super Bowls. That's fine. Let's put our feet up. This is going to be a little bit of a rebuild. It's it was in the cards. And this year, no one really saw it coming, except for that fella on NFL Network. What was his name? Adam Rank. And we were all like, "You're crazy. Two wins. That's outrageous." Um, now, look, he's looking pretty smart now, isn't he? <laughs> Jerk. I mean, to sit there and, and have the lead, to, to be up by 11 at the half and, and then come out and, and only score one more touchdown and let them score 20 points. It's soul-crushing. I mean, and it sucks for the players, and it sucks for the fans. It sucks for everybody. One thing that I that that I, I would be remiss not to mention is um, Philip Lindsay and, and some of the other players, uh, They it's it's funny how when they're losing, they suddenly give a tremendous amount of attention to how the fans are acting. Uh, oh, the fans are upset. They're not real fans. They're bandwagon fans. Real real fans are, are 
ride or die with us and, and this and that. And it's like, fool, I got a fortune tied up in Broncos memorabilia tickets and everything else. You, how dare you question my fandom because I'm not satisfied with the crap product you guys are putting on the field. <laughs> I, I have every right to be pissed. And and to claim that that I'm a bandwagon fan because I I, I don't like to watch the them let Leonard Fournette just run up and down the field like there's nobody there like give me a break like I, I don't I don't have time or attention for that outrageous I think there's an assumption that just because a fan is complaining and doesn't like the product and is upset about the team is not a ride or die fan and that's probably not true I mean you're mad at the team but you're not going to stop being a Broncos fan. I live in Patriots country. There, There is a winning team down the street. I will not ever root for them. Never. Right, <laughs> like, it will right. never happen. Any fan who is upset enough to be talking about it and wanting better and hoping for improvement and watching next week and the next week and the next week, even if they're angry, that's still a ride or die fan. I agree with you. There's no reason to be calling out fans like they're not a good fan just because they're complaining. They're like, whoa, whoa. If you love us when we're good, how dare you not love us when we're terrible? And it's like, the love is still there. It's just, we're so damn disappointed. Like, don't confuse the two. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so any other uh, any other things for the, the uh, Jacksonville game? Are we satisfied with uh, the loss? With all due respect to Abner Rink, right? The Broncos should have won both of those home games. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, that's, they still lost. I get it, but they should have won if it wasn't for Mr. Zeberman making the timely call to extend the drive for the win for the other team. I mean, where's the hometown freaking calls? Aren't you supposed to freaking do that? I I don't understand. No, No. I think the Chicago game is definitely more, the, the call that they made really pushed the Bears up and definitely kind of put us in a bad position to fight for that win the one against von miller which was also a ticky tack call i agree he dropped the ball he dropped the ball and picked it up and became a runner like yes he could still throw the ball but i don't think he's afforded he shouldn't be afforded those same protections as a passer when when the ball hits the ground and he picks it up again that call killed all motivation all hope for the defense like you could just see their they just became a leaky sieve after that but they, it was done they, they were done and they have got to stop doing that they can't we can be mad about the ref calls they can be mad, but they got to keep playing. If they, when you're if they lost because they let down their will to win because of a ref's call, that's but stupid. Think, but think about it. When you're in a losing streak that's eight games long and you're whatever horrible record the last three seasons, when something like that happens when the game is online, I mean, it's you're human. You're thinking, oh, great, here we go again. We're going to – it's we're, it's over. I'm more mad that they gave up after the call than the call itself. Like, it, that's no. going to happen, you know, and it has twice already. Like, that's what I'm saying. They can't – they can't give. They can't just throw in the towel. Be like, "Well, crap! There it was. We gave it our best shot. Let's just let's just call it a day." I don't think. I don't think they actually did that knowingly or willingly. It's just when you're in that, it's just a natural human reaction to go, "Great, here we go again." And you're still trying hard, but in the back of your mind, your confidence is gone. You know, especially for Von Miller, he's he's kicking ass and taking names, and then that happens. I mean, now he's being cautious. He's worried about making a mistake, and now he's not putting any pressure on the quarterback. So everybody's wide open. You know, it's just that's just the way it, it happens when you're when you're in a losing streak and you just can't seem to turn it around. It's just bad things happen. It just piles up on you. It just sucks. I'm ready to turn the page and, and talk about the man who put us in this position. Is now the good time for the Super Bowl 32 uh, memory segment of something something Broncos? Is that is that where we're headed, Tim? 
We might want to end that way. My worry with John Elway is nobody really knows how much he's holding himself accountable for the product on the field. And that's my biggest worry. Is he taking accountability personally and identifying the mistakes, the problems, and working to correct that? Because the problem on the field, that's the product of the last four or five years of roster building and decisions. All of all of the decisions that Elway makes, you know, his seat should be hot right now. And the sad part is, is we're not sure if we're turning, if we're going to turn the corner, if the 2018 draft class is going to work out if the 2019 draft class is going to work out we don't know any of those things and so we if he goes back and just keeps putting it on the coaching and say oh i made the bad hire i gotta fire this guy and hire another coach i mean that's what al davis did we don't want to be the raiders right we don't want to go down that road and he needs to see that he needs to be patient and he's going to have to weather the criticism the firestorm you know there's the the love affair is is over he's got to put up or shut up at this point and that's he's going to finally have to be held accountable for what he's doing like i i I agree with you i don't think it's time to fire fangio there's nothing i've seen from him that that's like oh my god like this guy's terrible like he's he's put together a a team of, of of what elway has provided him and there has been improvement over last year and that's all i really wanted was like get better even though the wins aren't there i think we're better off than we were last year well is there any indication that i mean are we are we getting any kind of sense that that's what elway's gonna do i I don't think that's necessarily true at all. And and I feel like Elway probably does feel like he's on the hot seat for his, not maybe his job, but just that he knows that the honeymoon stage is over and that fans aren't, aren't really loving his role in this and the players he's put out there. I, I mean, I don't know. I just don't feel like there, there's any reason to panic that Elway's going to fire Fangio other than we just know that there's always some kind of concern about coaches when the team doesn't do well. But I think Elway kind of understands that we are in a rebuilding position. We are not still the 2015. But that's not what Elway, that's not what Elway's saying though. We're not I rebuilding. I know, but I don't think, I mean, I think he says that because he wants to still sound like a contender, but he can't really believe that he's not rebuilding. I hope you're right. Well, and actually, I mean, I don't even know. I Let's just say I am at the point where I hope that Elway will get to the end of the season and recognize there's no harm in saying we are rebuilding. He doesn't like to say that, but that was a whole different scenario that we had. But Peyton what does Manning it matter if he in. says it or doesn't say it? Like, what is, like, if he says it, I mean, it's clear we're rebuilding. Like, you know, it's like, That's you know, because... Uncle John because is drunk. Nobody... Like everyone knows, we don't have to outwardly say it at Christmas dinner. Like you know, it's like it's apparent. Like, but he, but he kind of doesn't do some of the things that you would do if you were rebuilding. Like... Because we don't actually know what he thinks or what you know. We don't know anything. Every, everything I'm saying, everything you're saying, it's all we're projecting and guessing what actually is going through Elway's mind. You know, for all we know, he could be just like, "Why isn't this working? I did everything for you, Fangio." We don't know that. You know, who knows what he's what's going through his mind because. Whatever he says is going to be PR scrubbed. Well, I can tell you that the thing that struck me after the game, and not so much that game in particular, but just looking at an 0-4 record and looking ahead at who we've got coming and the very likely possibility that we are 0-8 or 1-7 in the next four weeks, and thinking we really are 
a team that needs to stop thinking like we were just a few players away from getting back to that dominant defense. I mean, I felt like that's where we were after training camp. I felt like, you know, we still have Von Miller. We've got Bradley Chubb in his second year. By all projections, those two are going to be amazing together again. And we have a strong defensive front, which has not panned out at all. And we were going to have somebody experienced on the other side of Chris Harris Jr., so we were going to shore up the cornerback position, and we brought in a couple of ballers to kind of help out in the secondary. The depth was going to be better. And none of those things happened. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb were, were doing well. They just weren't getting the sacks. And now, unfortunately, we don't have Bradley Chubb. So we're out one of our marquee star defenders for the rest of the year. No one seems to think Bryce Callahan's going to be able to come back. So we are going to be suffering at cornerback opposite Chris Harris Jr. for the rest of the year. Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf and Adam Gotsis don't seem to really be able to push around these big offensive lines enough for us to feel like we can really rely on them to get that inside pressure. And then, of course, we have our true weakness, which is the inside linebacker where we, you said, we're razor thin. We couldn't have had any injuries, and we have had a ton at that position. So this defense was holding on by a thread, and that thread was really Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and now it's unraveled because Chubb is gone. So we have to look at I think Elway needs to look at it and go, I have got to start over. Maybe we can keep Von Miller and start from there, kind of like he did with Champ Bailey. All right, if I posed this question to you and said, all right, we just won the 2015 Super Bowl. John Elway, what I want you to do is I want you to create a winless team in four years. <laughs> There, there isn't a Bronco fan alive that would think that he would be capable of doing that thing. And yet, every decision he has made has led us here. That's because, <laughs> that is because he was too cheap and didn't want to play, pay those good players. And some of it he maybe couldn't. But I don't know. We wasted a lot of money on some crappy offensive linemen. So... He got. He let Malik Jackson go. He let Danny Trevathan go. Who else? Well, and then this year, Talib. Yeah, Akib Talib, and then um, Shaq Barrett. We we really could use Shaq Barrett right now. It was a shame to have let him go. Always acting like he's got Peyton Manning in the building, and the Broncos are a premier landing spot for anybody, and they should just recognize that. Why is anybody recognizing this? The Broncos are the greatest. What are you guys doing? Come on over. Nobody yeah. wants to play for you, Elway. You don't have Peyton Manning anymore, so you're gonna have to work a little harder. You're gonna have to win some games, like. Uh, I mean, so he so he's lost the free agent draw, and now he's going to start noticing that there's going to be nobody in the stadium. I mean, yeah, they may still have the sellout technically, but I mean, come, that last game against Oakland, it's going to be empty. That stadium is going to be empty, and no one is going to want to go sit in the cold and watch them lose to Oakland. I think the only likely person we try to keep is Vaughn Miller. Chris Harris Jr. is gone. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Derek Wolf is probably gone. Derek Garrett Bowles, he's gone. I'll see you, Garrett. Bye. And I, you know, I think we'll definitely miss Emmanuel Sanders, but I think we can fill in that position a little easier. I think we will suffer to not have Chris Harris Jr., but I don't think we're going to try to keep him for the money he's going to want. But it costs money. I mean, mean, I I hate to say it, but we should. I mean, we're going to be rebuilding. We need to. We need to start stockpiling those picks and to just let him play out his contract in Denver for a lost season is, is, is wasteful. It's, it's, it's like Shaq Barrett all over again. Let's, let's get some value for this guy and start, you know, getting the capital to, to write the ship. I think that's right. <laughs> right now, the only way I see Denver getting it, I mean, 
because that, that was something I was thinking about. It's like, so, so how do you, how do you turn it around? Like, where do you get the draft capital to, to make things happen? And it's Denver is going to have to trade back in the draft to get higher picks to, to really start investing in the future of the Broncos. It's, I mean, you could trade Von Miller. Sure. But really, if you're going to, if you're going to get the picks that you need to start turning it around, it's going to, you're going to have to start moving back in the draft. And that's, then you start leaving talent out there. And then we end up with another Earl Thomas situation. And then we are all mad five Five years from uh, 2020. So I don't know. It is like a band-aid. You'd have to rip it off to make it less painful later on. <laughs> well, we've been pulling it slowly and the son of a bitch is infected. Like <laughs> it's like Right. It, right. It's, so we you know, so now we just have to do surgery, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the medical uh, analogies that we're we're drawing here. This is very good. It's like an episode of Dr. Oz. Speaking of, a word from our sponsors. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Broncos are 0 4, heading uh, to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. They suck. <laughs> Uh, so we're looking at uh, the 0-4 Broncos going to uh, the tiny little stadium that the Chargers call home right now while they wait for their uh, palace to be built uh, over in Compton. Um, <laughs> should we start with predictions or like what do we what do we think? No, or, no, let's I talk mean, about the game before we do predictions. Yeah, well, okay. I, I I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say the Broncos lose and we lose bad. <laughs> so go ahead, take it from there. Whoever wants to go, uh, Lori, Tim. The Broncos are going to win, and everybody's going to be like, whoa, they won a game. It's going to be great, and Jess is going to be happy. His Monday horse tracks, written by Lori, are going to be positive and uplifting, <laughs> and all of Broncos country is going to, going to rejoice. The Monday morning horse tracks readers are going to be like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? This is positive. This is, yeah. There's, there's good grammar in this article. There's no Oxford comma. Like, what is, what is going on here? I don't want to give a prediction because I feel like it's bad karma. You were on a you were on a podcast and it's in your contract that you have to. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want to see them come out and play a complete game, which we talked about last week. But I am a little concerned with just the psyche in the locker room, and I and I understandably you lose. Everybody's pointing fingers. You're mad at each other. After a couple days to kind of process it, you just get down to business and start to to work toward the the next game. And I want to see that that's the case. I am 100% with Tim and and with you, Jess. I think that Fangio is not the problem here. That, you know, we shouldn't be worried about the coach being fired. And maybe we just try to look at this season as what what good things can come out of it. Joe Rolls had had a tweet the other day that he's going to stop complaining about what's going wrong and trying to dissect all the 
blame and just focus on the things that are exciting for the future. I think that's kind of how I'm going to look at this game. <laughs> can the offense do a little bit more? Can Flacco show a lot more consistency and not throw a pick? Can the defense stop the run? Well, hopefully they didn't see any tape of the Jacksonville game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if, if, they, if they haven't watched it, I think we have a shot. I want to see that they learn from their mistakes and that in spite of all this adversity, they can come out and actually play good and football tackle. and tackle and put some truth behind their words that they're going to focus on the next game. They're, they're going to stay together as a team. All those, all those positives, positives that Philip Lindsay is getting angry about the fans not doing. Platitude, the platitudes is what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Then like show the, us the... that, show us that you guys do understand that, we're serious about not wanting to watch this crap. Hey, I only got I only got 13 more weeks, so we're, we're good. <laughs> all, right. all right, Chris Harris, Tim Harris, yeah. Jr. Out the door, yeah. Mm-hmm. I talked about that a little bit on Monday, but the horse tracks about, you know, the death uh, death by inches and, and the sticking to fundamentals and a return to old school football. And, and it's like, what a, like, what a pant load of crap that was. Like, that was... It sounded good in the off season. I mean, it, it looked good on tape. It looks good on TV. Uh, it does not actually translate to what has been on the field. It's it's uh, either e- either it was a lie or it just makes him look like a fool. Like, okay, enough of that old school like rock'em sock'em ball coach kind of crap. Like, you, you know, you you talked a big game about about wrapping up and tackling, and unfortunately, that's exactly what killed the Broncos against Jacksonville. And so going into the Chargers, yeah, I'd like to see. Uh, uh, just, just, just basic football wrap up tackle. You know, catch passes. Let's, you know, you do the small things. The the big things will happen easier. But yeah, I'm I'm no longer buying the uh, the platitudes of uh, uh, death by inches. It's not like it's a load of crap in terms of what he expects and what he wants. They just didn't do it. But whose fault is that? Well, ultimately, I think it's the players' fault. They still. Have to, I, I get the sense it's not like they didn't know, or they're not told, or they're not shown, and they're not coached to do that. Well, we're already seeing some some. I think there's some behind the scenes fraying going on in the locker room already because we even last week before this game there were rumors and reports. I've got the air quotes coming out because who knows who it came from that oh Fangio worked the players too hard the offseason was grueling and now you're seeing the results on the field and that's coming from player agents that kind of stuff doesn't come from anywhere else in my opinion so it just if if players are telling are trying to get that messaging out they're trying to protect their brand and themselves and they've already packed it in for the season who knows who which players it could just be like one or two guys that are complaining behind the scenes but you know it's it's a concern uh, that what, concerns what does that me mean, more. Though? Like, like, what does that mean? They work too hard. Like, the the collective bargaining agreement uh, like dictates that there can only be so many padded practices. That the practices can only go for so long. It's it's this isn't the days of uh, of like a, a, a nine week training camp uh, where, where two a days every day in the blistering uh, stench of Greeley. Uh, this is you know a well regulated. Uh, collectively bargain kind of schedule and yeah there's no music but I mean is, is that what they mean like like he wouldn't let us play music so we're just gonna be terrible like I I agree I don't think these players they have a regimented schedule they have every possible recovery um, element out there available to them they have trainers and cryotherapy and massage therapists and nutritionists and and drugs the NFL doesn't test for yet yeah. Tom Brady <laughs> I mean <laughs> And every one of 
these guys who's been on Broncos Country Tonight, they all talk about how they spend so much time, you know, when they're when it's their free time, they spend so much time getting their body right, meaning they spend time in the gym, they spend time with all of their recovery resources. So I don't buy it, and I agree. I mean, it's football. I, I don't want to hear anything from agents or players or any crap about their work too hard. But but how do, how would you work them too hard? Like like you make the like you take away their chairs during meetings and make them all stand. Like what does that mean? Like if they're not in the in uh, in the drill or whatever, they're they're running laps. Like that's not happening. So I I, I don't buy it. I don't. I think don't it's either. So I, I kind of go back in time for so a little history lesson here. So when Mike Shanahan was fired in 2008. Uh, I remember that offseason. It was the first time I really got into blogging for Mile High Report was during the 2008 offseason. Basically, when Mike Shanahan was running a country club, right? So that was the big thing back then. It was like the veterans got all this special treatment. And it was like there were tears of how important you were. Mike Shanahan just played favorites. That's just what he did. And when a big problem with Josh McDaniels, when he came in, he came in with the Patriot way. And it was just grinded everybody up. That's why the players hated him. And and I don't think Fangio is Josh McDaniel, so don't don't go there. I'm just saying Fangio came in and said, "Look, we got you got to work hard, and and we're gonna do more tackling drills. We're gonna do more of the hard drills that nobody likes." And you know that's just the attitude he came in. And I'm saying maybe the previous regime just kind of just yeah, let's just do the fun stuff and let's have a good time, have a good practice, and uh, go out there and have a good football game, guys. And that didn't you know, work out. Um, I will say this: I think there has been a positive with Fangio and 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 kind of a signal to the rest of the team and the fans when they sat Isaac Yadam uh, in favor of uh, Devontae Bosby because Bosby was playing better. He was he was performing, and so what was different than last year was the guy that was not performing got sat down, and someone who could do the job got the nod. That is indicative of a progression, an expectation, some accountability with the team. And so, uh, just to kind of toss that in on our Fangio discussion a little while ago, I, that's a positive. Which is why yeah, and it deserves mentioning. It's, it's part of the growing pains, like. Shanahan to McDaniels to Fox was a three-year growing pain of trying to change the culture. Um, and maybe that's what Fangio is trying to do is reset the culture a bit. And that doesn't happen in four games. It doesn't happen in one season. So and it's I, tough. that's why I think that we shouldn't be worried about the platitudes from Fangio because they aren't platitudes from him. They are him setting his standards. It's going to take a while, perhaps, for the whole team to get their fundamentals right, for Fangio to have all the players he wants who do have those kind of fundamentals or that he can coach up to those kind of fundamentals. The coach is not the problem. We do not have the talent we need right now. We needed everyone to stay healthy, and we had, we've had we had way too many people not stay healthy. Basically a second-tier team at most positions to try and... Well, okay, but if it's a second-tier team, then then where does that kind of like ve- veteran favoritism or or kind of like the previous regime like gave us gave us the good life and now now Fangio's putting us through the ringer? How does that hold? Like you'd think that the message would resonate with a second-tier team more than it has. I'm just already. saying ta- I'm saying talent level now. Like we we just don't have a, another cornerback besides Chris Harris Jr who has the ability to be a true shutdown corner or to be a good slot corner because the guy we thought was going to do that is on IR or at least is injured and may not return. So that, and that's one example, our inside linebackers, Todd Davis is back. All the guys behind him are, are not good. (laughs) 
the, yeah, the guy who's playing opposite him, Josie Jewell, is okay, but he's not good enough to compete with the talent level he's, you know, opposite. He's not he's not able to get those running backs and those tight ends, those big tight ends. He's not fast enough. So Fangio's working with what he had, and he's sending a message about fundamentals and about work ethic, and I think he's following through. He just, he can't make it happen in, in a day or even in a season. He can't replace 22 players. As far as the Charger game goes, it doesn't matter at this point. Win or loss, is it going to change anything? I don't. I don't really think so. I well, think- the draft order. I mean, are, are we are we in tank mode? I mean, are we? Do we support going zero and sixteen for to get that number one pick? That will allow us to trade back to three and then five and then eight and then drop down and get all those draft picks we need to, to make well, it here's happen. here's the thing. Our strength of schedule is going to screw us because we have one of the toughest strengths of schedule. So we lose every tiebreaker. Uh, what's going to happen is they're going to win some games. I mean, there's just too much. The offense is doing too much good compared to last year and the defense will have sparks. I, they're they're going to get a top 10 draft pick and that's going to put them in position to draft a quarterback. And I, I think they should do it. I'm, I'm not a, I know we got Drew Locke, but yada, yada. Uh, but I, I, the the red flags with him were, were that his eyes were slow. You know, he surveys the field slowly. And in the NFL, the great quarterbacks they anticipate everything. They're they're very quick. Their eyes are. That's just that's how it works. And I just don't think he's going to pan out. I don't want to waste three years to figure that out. We don't need to do predictions, do we? Like we don't have to do score predictions because no. Okay, you I got one for you. said Broncos are going to lose. Are you no, said I they're going to win? No, I I said they're going to lose. Broncos twenty four, Chargers twenty. Twenty four points. Are you high? We just scored 24 points. <laughs> yeah, it was like the highest point total like And Philip Rivers throws an interception to seal the victory. <laughs> well, that might happen. That's you know what? very Philip. <laughs> I am going to go against all of my beliefs about predictions, and I'm going to predict a loss because I keep predicting wins and they keep not winning. So I'm thinking if I predict the loss, they will not lose. They will actually win. That's like me not changing my socks to the last month. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I went back to my uh, old game day underwear last uh, last weekend. I, I was like, okay, well, we haven't won with the new game day underwear, so let's <laughs> let's go back to the one with the orange uh, satin numbers with the holes in them. So yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> Broncos lose twenty seven twenty four. So depressing. Are you ready for this? Go ahead, Patriots fan. I think, okay, so we've been close in every game so far, up until the interception in the Packers game and the wheels came careening off the bus. We've kind of, we've held close. I think that changes. I think we get crushed uh, like 35 to six. Yikes. That is a downer. At least I went close. All right. So mystery question. Mystery question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you suck. Is the season over? That's a mystery? Yeah, but that, that's not a mystery well, this question. Is a, this is, this <laughs> I mean, is, a, this is a, a two-part question. <laughs> yes, the season's This is over. a two-part question. Yes. Yeah, so, so okay. One out of... So season's over? One out of 120 teams that started 0-4 since the playoffs were expanded have made the playoffs. And that was the, the Chargers in the early 90s. Okay, yeah. so now that we can declare the 2019 Denver Broncos season all but over. Wait, How do you? I uh, didn't answer it that way, by the way. Just for the record. Oh, oh, I'm oh, not giving wait, up hope yet. A glimmer of hope, a beacon of light. When it's one <laughs> and nine, then I'll give up because then we will obviously have a <laughs> losing it's, record. It's, well, the, the statistical odds are one in 120. So. <laughs> I just mean when our record, when we have reached the point where we statistically cannot possibly have a winning record, then I'll then I'll cash it in. Well, uh, in the AFC, that might be like one in twelve. <laughs> <laughs> So the Broncos have a week 10 bye. Do you think they're eliminated from the playoffs before their bye week? 
not in the AFC. The AFC is top heavy. There, there's a lot of teams that shouldn't be in the playoffs that will be in the playoffs. So no, <laughs> I think we're going to see like at least two eight and eight teams, maybe one nine and seven, one eight and eight team make the wild card. Yeah, but AFC. we could we could have nine losses. Then yeah, I just think the, I think the Broncos will be they'll have two or three wins by the bye week. They might get eliminated on their bye week, which would be unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> so the mystery question. Uh, okay, so so considering the fact that, that the Broncos season is largely considered over, uh, how does that change uh, how you're going to watch the games going forward? Oh, I have to I have to write five posts during the game, and it's not going to change at all. <laughs> they might be more. They might the, the posts might be shorter, just like yeah, the Broncos punted. <laughs> that is not answering the question. You actually answered the question earlier when he didn't ask that one, but I think. I'll be I watching forgot. these games looking for how they improve as a unit on defense. Can we get better at certain things so that we can compete somehow? I mean, I think I will be watching them differently. I'll, my expectations will be lower. I'll be happy if we're competitive. I will look for the improvement. I will look for those players that are, are making a case to stick around for the future. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I do think those wholesale changes are going to come. And for better or worse, like changes need to be made. And so let's see who wants to stick around. That's, that's what I'm going to be watching for. Dalton Reisner seems to be a true rising star for our offensive line. And so every single player on the Broncos who I've heard asked about him, and these are Chris Harris Jr., Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, Philip Lindsay, who gotta love that guy. They have all said the same things and it's all glowing praise. He works hard. He really understands football. He's good at what he's doing. He's improving. I mean, he is exactly what you hope for when you draft. He's a player with a ton of potential and a lot of talent who just, you know, needs to kind of get up to the NFL speed. And he has done that. And at a, you know, a critical position for us, maybe not the most critical on the offensive line for us, but at least in a unit where we really need to start building. You have a guy like that and he's young and you know he's only going to improve. You can start putting some more pieces on there to have a competent line and hopefully, you know, a darn good one at some point here. Like, that's exciting. It's exciting to watch him develop and get better. And it's cool to see a lot of his teammates, both veteran and young or rookie players, say all these great things about him. And I think Cortland Sutton, we're watching him kind of blossom and develop before our eyes. I do think Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay are still a great running back duo, even though they didn't have much success last week. Bosby continues to get a little bit better. It'd be great to watch Von Miller have a good season, you know, and salvage this in some way, even if the Broncos don't have a great season. I agree. Thumbs, thumbs up. <laughs> All around. <laughs> well, uh, you have been listening to Something Something Broncos. Um, I am Jess Place, joined by Lori Lattimore-Volkman and Tim Lynch. Um, you can hear Something Something Broncos every Friday. Every Friday, we drop a, a new episode of this show you just heard, and uh, you can like it, you can subscribe, you can uh, leave a review, or you can come chat with us on milehighreport.com, where we are all contributors. And um, despite the losses, we still we still care about you, Denver Broncos. We still love you. Things are going to get better. You're going to turn the corner. It just is going to be really hard for the rest of uh, the year. And I still love you, Philip Lindsay, even though you don't like that I am critical. Not me personally, but fans in general. So I, I speak for the fans when I say, you worry about you. Don't worry about us. <laughs> <laughs> correction on the reporting of the foul. Both teams were on the... Both, uh, both fouls were on the kicking team. 
It helps. It helps to listen to other to listen to players who at least have a positive outlook and can make you feel like it's not all going down in flames. <laughs> or at least not all at once. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just smoldering. It's not an inferno. It's not it's just a slow cook. Uh, hello. Uh, hi, this is. Uh, uh, hi, I have John Elway calling for Tim Lynch. <laughs> you suck. And it might screw people up that are used to listening to us every time. Get off your ass, and Jane. Do you think people find. Like, I don't think people go and they're like, oh, Friday. Shit, goddamn. <laughs> Get off your ass, and Jane. Nice. Let's do it live. <laughs> and uh that's okay right that's perfect you've been listening to something something broncos a feature of milehighreport.com with Lori lattimore volk just place and tim lynch get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com